Good to be home. And uh, kind of catch up on us a little bit, what's been going on. Uh, since I seen y'all last, I am, uh, I'm pastoring. Uh, well, not since I seen you last, but we're pastoring at the Dream Center in Lubbock, which uh, Church on the Rock, it's a ministry of Church on the Rock. We's going along there real good and thought about building a new sanctuary. And uh, Pastor Jackie went away and prayed, and God told him, he said, well, if you're going to do something, why don't you build something that's going to affect the city instead of just make you a nice sanctuary? So we built a brand new church down in the center of the worst part of Lubbock. And they started looking for someone to uh, run that thing. And, and uh, I was probably, well, I had more background than probably anybody else uh, <laughs> there. So uh, they said, uh, think you'd like to do this? And I just felt like the Holy Spirit wanted me to do it. So, man, we, we headed up and went on down there. I guarantee you, this stuff is happening. I mean, it's just every day, you know, it's uh, either prostitutes or drug addicts or someone beat up, someone's lost a house, someone's been in a fire. I mean, every day somebody walks through that door going, uh, we need something. And it's really an amazing place to be. Uh, We started out and uh, Church on Rock sent about... uh, they said they wanted uh, 30 families to come down and be a part of us. So you know, just kind of be a part of what we were doing there. And, and that, that went on for probably about three months. And after they uh, they started going back over to the South Campus, uh, now we're probably averaging about probably 200 to two and a quarter. Uh, every Sunday morning about 11 o'clock, 80% of the people that come is people from our neighborhood. And the people that didn't go back to the South Campus, well, they're regulars there now. And, and it's really amazing what God's doing. Uh, we have our food ministry that uh, we do on Saturday morning. And uh, we probably feed anywhere from about 120 to about 160 families. We give them food for a full week. And we have people that, all of the churches all over town, uh, you know, uh, last week Indiana Baptists come and, and they fixed hamburgers for everybody. Well, as soon as they got through the food ministry, they would go outside and pick up hamburgers to take home to eat. Experience life uh, helped us rebuild a house. Uh, Calvary Baptists come down there and, and while we were in service one day, they replanted all the stuff uh, outside. They did all the uh, landscaping uh, for the building one Sunday morning while we were going. And it just it's turned into a place that uh, the city can minister to people. And it's just uh, it's amazing. We had a we had a come to Jesus meeting at the first of the year, and come to find out we didn't really know what we were doing. And uh, I've used the analogy we kind of like the Japanese when they bombed Pearl Harbor. We have awakened a sleeping giant, and, and it really is. And in that meeting, we found out that we have forty five ministries that's operating now the Dream Center. I mean, clothing. Uh, GED, computer skills, haircut ministry. We got a, uh, in our kitchen, we got a, uh, a, what do you call it, business, catering business. And they'll take people that can't find a job anywhere else and they will train them in the food industry. So a guy go there and have a certificate from the state of Texas said, this is what I can do instead of just wash dishes. One-on-one tutoring, girlfriends. We minister to single women uh, that just, uh, I mean, they come in there and we give them baby food. We give them diapers. We give them, I don't know where all this stuff comes from. I mean, so far in the last year, I've had two truckloads of Gatorade given to us. I tell you what, you get where you like Gatorade and you start finding places to get rid of it. It's, it's just an amazing time. 
Y'all come down and play with us sometime. I mean, Saturday morning right there, I mean, that place is covered up. Next Saturday is what's kind of neat. Uh, I've got to find three alleys this week that need to be cleaned up. And Experience Life is bringing a team of 30 kids, uh, junior high and high school kids, and they're going to clean up three alleys, blocks, whole blocks. I mean, they're excited, and it's an amazing time. We got a, I don't know, we got a garden probably as big as this room right here. And it just seemed God just doing stuff all the time. We turned our Saturday morning food ministry into uh, just one of our services. We got people that's walking through the door, don't have two pennies rubbed together. And they're there for free food. I started taking up an offering. I said, this is what you got to understand who you are in Christ. Exchange, oh, man, that's the greatest place in the world to preach exchange. Because they don't want that anymore. You got stuff you don't want anymore? We'll probably get into something about that after a while. But they come, and I, the largest offering we had was $600. And I'm just going, $600? Where did $600 come from people? They don't have anything. You know where? Because they're understanding what's going on in the kingdom of God. They know it's coming back to them, and they're going to be blessed. You know, and, and with us, uh, our personal stuff, water holes ministry, glory to God, do I tell you what, we got busy. You know, next month, well, I guess within two weeks, uh, I'll be packing up and I'll be going to the Amazon. We're going to backpack. We're going to go down the Amazon River. We're going to backpack into the jungle. We're going to build a church. And uh, we're going to go out there and evangelize. I love this mule. And we're just, uh, we're just going to get back there and have a great time. We'll get home, rest for about five days, and then I'll grab Jennifer, and we're heading off to Transnistria, which is a little country in between Moldova and the Ukraine. We're going to be there at a pastor's conference. All for about 10 days, and then and, uh, we're going to sneak in about two days in Venice, Italy. Uh, for, on our way back, we're going to take a moment, you know, just kind of enjoy some stuff and go fishing in those canals. I don't know if there's anything there, but <laughs> we're still doing encounters. We've got five encounters this year. Went down to an encounter down in uh, Merkel and, and seen them. Uh, Curtis, if you've got anybody down in the Abilene area that needs an encounter, send them to Curtis. Man, I tell you what, it's such a blessing down there. Yeah, but last but not least, I got me a brand new great-grandson this year. Levi. His mom and daddy didn't even understand what they was naming him. They called him Levi. Whew, I picked him up and I started preaching machine right here. <laughs> and, and we're excited about him. Things are going great. I mean, God is blessing us and it's just, it's just happening. And uh, it really wasn't even my plan. Because, you know, if I, when I left here, y'all remember what I was going to do? I was going to start up a church, and I was going to be the biggest pastor in Lubbock. Yep, that didn't work out either. But, uh, <laughs> praise God, I would have probably made it like I thought it should have been. But, you know, when we're following God, He goes, shut up and pay attention. Yes, sir, on your track here. So here we go. But Jennifer and I would like to tell you thank you. Because uh, y'all support us, and everything we touch, y'all touch. And, and I, you know, I just look around the world. I mean, the world. Who would have thought I would go around the world? But everyone we touch, y'all touch. We want to tell you thank you. We love y'all. You know, I pulled in here this morning and went back here to the Holy Ghost Cafe and 
and hear these guys talking about me and all that good stuff, which is fine because it happens all the time. We should be talked about everywhere we go, shouldn't we? We should be. Somebody should be saying something about us. You know, in Mark 3, verse 2, it says, And they watched him, whether he would heal him on the Sabbath, that they might accuse him. I mean, they were looking for something that Jesus did all the time. You know, before I got saved, I seen y'all. Y'all were nuts. You know, as, uh, you know I would, my son was in the hospital not long ago and was down there. I uh, seen Cindy for a few minutes. Cindy's my ex-wife. And, and she drug me out here to Westway well, when y'all were out there. You know, and here I was. I was still twisted off. And uh, she drug me in the front door. And, and some of y'all were there. Y'all were dancing. Can you imagine that in church? And the floor was giving it up and down like this. And, and there was dust coming out of the floor. Yeah. And, and there was, I mean, I walked in that place and I went, oh my, I guess God. I said, oh my, <laughs> what are these people doing? This is nuts. I watched you. Watched you for a long time. I didn't want nothing to do with you. But I watched you. Because, see, I, I was, the reason I was watching you, because I knew y'all were crazy, and some of the stuff that y'all doing was just totally weird. But you know what I wanted? I wanted you to fall. I wanted you to come back down to my level so I would be okay. And, and, but you know you didn't. And, and when you didn't, you know what that did for me? That gave me hope. As, and, and the people that we talk to everywhere in the world, they're wanting the same thing. They're wanting you to fall, but deep inside, they're wanting you to succeed. Because when you succeed, that means there's hope out there for them. You know, in Mark 7, it says, And when some of his disciples saw him eat bread with undefiled, that is to say, unwashing hands, they found fault. And the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands often, eat not. Holding to the traditions of the elders. Uh, you know, I, we, we need to be sensitive when we're sitting down and studying the Bible. We need to, when the Holy Spirit says, you ever looked at that word? No, tradition. I don't know what a tradition is. So I looked up tradition. Tradition needs to be put in prison or to surrender. I went, oh my, that'll preach. What around you has you in prison? Or what in you has you in prison? Uh, you know, us being charismatics, we don't have any traditions. Yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, we made it out of tradition out of not having traditions. And we, we, we have arrived. We ain't arrived. Bless God. I mean, you know... Uh, when I went to the Dream Center, here I am. I mean, I, I love to preach. It's, that's not a problem. And, and Pastor Jackie says, Royce, I got this great plan. And when Jackie or, or God says like that, I know something has to do with me, you know. He said, what we're going to do is we're going to show videos, which I hate videos. You know, I mean, I'd rather sit anywhere than in church watching the video. And that's just me. He said, or we'll have somebody else come preach and I'll let you preach occasionally. What? I'm a preaching machine. I ought to be used all the time. 
And you know, and I, and I get home, I tell Jennifer, and she goes, well, I guess this stuff you've been preaching all these years about spiritual authority, you just have to walk in it. I said, get thee behind me, woman. Oh, my God. Can you believe what she just said? <laughs> and you know that little still voice that's in there going, shut up and pay attention. <laughs> I don't know if God talks to you all that way. That's the way he talks to me. And I understand it when he talks to me that way. I don't, uh, I don't like sugar-coated stuff. I mean, people tell me stuff. I want it straight. And that's what God does when he starts talking to me like that. I had to stop and I said, well, God. He goes, yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but here we are. We're going down there. And something I've seen at the Dream Center that I haven't seen too many churches. I've seen the five-fold ministry preach from that pulpit. And I've seen God use it and do things right there that people, uh, they come to the Dream Center and they go, I don't know what it is about the Dream Center. There is such a freedom here that I, I don't understand. You don't find it anywhere else. But, you know, you know, we still do Jericho marches. Y'all remember what Jericho marches are? Yeah. I mean, this guy come out of the crowd and said, you know, Pastor, I think we're supposed to do a Jericho march because there's people in this room today that have loved ones that are bound up. And God told me, if we'll do a Jericho march, you'll set them free. Man, we're seven times around that place. Crazy stuff, you know. And, and still, you know that one that's always standing there like that? Every time you go by, <laughs> he ain't looking at you, but his eyes are kind of going like an up, you know. He's just watching that guy go by. And, and, but we got through, nothing happened. Next week, this guy come in, and his daddy-in-law, they've been praying for for 20 years, was down there on the front row, come and give his life to Jesus. Man, I tell you, it's just wham, wham, it started happening. And I'm just going, God, you're so cool. I don't know what you're doing, but I'm just glad to be there when you tell me to do something. But you know what we, what we do? We get in this, this mode, this tradition, and, and what is that tradition? Well, fear is a tradition, isn't it? Because I'm afraid of what somebody's going to think about what I'm doing. If I do something crazy or if I do something out of the ordinary. What if I dance? Well, I'm the pastor. Am I supposed to do that? Well, I could care less. You know, I had a lady tell me the other day. She goes, uh, you know, Royce, we're so glad you're here. I said, man, I'm glad to be here. I said, but you know, I don't know how long I'm going to be here. I'll be here as long as God wants me to. If he wants me to go, I'm out of here. She goes, promise me this. If you leave, you will not leave until you find someone that has no religion in them to take your place. What a compliment. You know, I never thought of that. I mean, you know, I've I've got a little bit more compassion than what I had when I was here. But, I mean, you know, people come through that door back there and go, you know, man, I've been in ICU for four days. And I need something to eat. And the Holy Spirit says, don't give them a thing. Yes, sir. Sorry, I ain't doing it today. Man, I've had people throw fits, but we got to hear what God is telling us to do. We can't help people when it's enabling them to do whatever it is they've been doing. I love helping people. We help people every week. But if it's hurting them to help them, we don't need to do that. We, I met this missionary that he goes all over the world, and uh, he's from England, and, and he was talking about it. He said, you know, he said, you know that little proverb, uh, you can uh, give a man a fish or you can teach him man a fish. I said, oh, that's wonderful. He goes, I, I don't even like that. I teach him how to buy the lake. 
See, it's time for people all over the world that just been learning how to fish, start buying lakes. Turn that into a business that God can prosper you with. And I tell you what, I tell people, they are going to send people from all over the world to the Lubbock Dream Center to see why things are different there than they are anywhere else. And we don't even have a clue what's going to happen tomorrow. I love it. They were talking one time, said, well, we could, we could just get all this money and we'd have it set up a foundation and then we could have so much money coming in every month. And I went, you know, I really don't like that because it's not living by faith. I want to live by faith. I want to live by, I don't have a clue if we're going to have enough money to turn the electricity on tomorrow or not. But God shows up. Fear? Why would we live in fear? There's nothing to do with God. What is fear got in your life? What is he holding you back from? Are you afraid to dance? Are you afraid to do this? Are you afraid to walk across the street and tell someone about Jesus? Are you afraid to walk into Home Depot and look up in case God's got a word for someone? We need to, we need to be instant in season everywhere we go. Hebrews 13.5 says, let your way of life be without the love of money and be content with such things that you have. For he says, not all, not at all will I leave you. Not at all will I forsake you. So that you may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do to me. Man will do it to you, won't he? He'll intimidate you and, and they'll do all kinds of stuff. We had one of those executive pastors, and uh, which is that's still a strange word to me when they do that, you know. And, and they we get in this meeting, and and they want to talk about intimidation. We need to break this intimidation off our people. We need to do this. Well, I'm sat there, you know, and it's just about eating me up on the inside, you know, because I got something to say, and I'm just trying to figure out if this is where I'm supposed to say it or not. And and we get through, and then they said, let's pray, and they prayed, and I said, yeah, time out, guys. We're just we're just not through here yet. Pastors are intimidators. I said, we that are in authority in the church, I mean, we can intimidate the dog out of people. I can get my way and I can change the order of a service. There's so many things I can do if I allow this intimidation thing that I, that I, I, can, I can let it rule, rule and reign it wants to. But if I, if I understand that that intimidation is just as bad on me as that it is on the other people, then I need to break off of this intimidation because the kingdom of God is not intimidation. Break the fear of man off where, you know, anybody can come up front and say, I got a word from God. And I don't care who it is up here. I'm not intimidated. I mean, I want you to take my place. That is my job as a pastor. I want everybody to be up here. I want everybody to be doing everything that they can possibly do in the kingdom of God. And when we start doing stuff like that, we give these things away. And, and Jennifer, you know, every once in a while she goes, how's that going there with that pulpit thing? I said, man, I tell you what, it's getting better all the time. Because it's not my pulpit. It's God. And I guarantee you, we're seeing it happen. People are getting saved. People are getting healed, set free. Even when we were down there at Merkel, this guy come up to me and he was going, Hey, old pastor, man, that's, this arm it has been frozen for, uh, with arthritis for I don't know how many years. So then in the name of Jesus, man, he goes, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He starts doing this kind of stuff. He starts waving his arms. He, God totally touched him and healing. And this guy's a big guy and he started dancing. Wasn't he no music? And he started dancing before the Lord. How crazy is that? 
Well, I mean, that's what we think, isn't it? It's a great exchange. I thought y'all were singing about me a while ago. You know? And when we start getting that mentality, that's who I am. God just loves me so much. And I'm everything that He says that I am. And when I start walking in that, oh, yeah, I wish I could tell you that, you know, we could turn the lights off and I'd glow in the dark, but I'm not there. I'm working that way. I make a choice. Y'all make a choice. We do those things on purpose, but, and God's just going, what are you doing over there? You know, the great exchange works, and it works on everything. That's what gets me. You know, in Matthew 9, 33, it says, When the devil was cast out, the dumb spake, and the multitudes marveled, saying, It was never so seen in Israel. Yeah, I titled the name of this message. I ain't never seen nothing like this before. Isn't that good? I mean, do you see it all the time? I mean, we need to be seeing it all the time. Every time we need to leave a place, we, someone needs to be saying, I have never seen anything like that before. I mean, I'm excited because Sheesby's coming and, and all this good stuff. And, and I, I love Sheesby. He's a great man of God. But why do we have to wait for Sheesby to give it here? Let's see some stuff now. When Sheesby walks through the door, let him get slain in the spirit and lay back there for four or five hours while all this stuff going on around him. That's who we are. I mean, and, and when we know who we are, what's fear got to do with it? I mean, I don't care who it is. God tells me to go, man, I'm going. I've been in CEOs at the hospitals. I've been, I mean, wherever I'm going, God just says, I don't care who it is, you go. And you know, I think in all the years that I've been out there doing the stuff, I've only had one person tell me, no, they didn't want any prayer. And I got a report this year that she got saved this year. Hadn't got to her yet, but she got saved. You know, Mark 16, we know this, 15, and go into the world and proclaim the gospel. We know what the gospel is. It's the great exchange. I don't know about y'all, but it took me forever to forgive myself. I forgot you for everybody. It was easy. But me, man, when it come to me, I had a hard time because I caused a lot of that stuff. I had made choices that affected people's lives forever. And I finally had to come to the thing. The whole deal was, I know that it works for me as well as it does you. And when we start seeing that, man, I tell you what, it changes our thinking. I I tell people there at at the Dream Center, I say, you need to get rid of your stinking thinking. Because your thinking stinks. If you're thinking, you can't do this, I can't do that, I'm not well enough, or I'm not this, I'm not that, that's, that's a lie right out of the pits of hell and the devil. He's just said, going, you go for it, dude, or don't go for it. See, if we keep believing all that thinking, we can play church all we want to, can't we? Yes, I'm so wonderful, I'm doing fine. You know, when I was over at South Campus at Church on the Rock, they asked me, so, would you like to be a greeter? Sure, love to do anything. I couldn't be a greeter. Just couldn't do it. People coming through the door, how are you today? I'm fine. No, you're not. You're lying to me. You know what God's showing me about you? And they go. So I said, okay, let me try another door. It's just as bad as that other door. The back door's worse. I don't nobody loves me. I want to come in the back door and go to church and sit on the back row and say nobody bother me. Not. Yeah, right. 
We do that, don't we? We're talking about in there, compare your, not, do not compare yourself one to another. Hey, what? You see stuff going on, you just wish you could do that. I wish I could be like that. Who do you think you are? I mean, we got to stop and see who we are. And, you know, go outside, kick the dog or something, loosen up, find out, man, who you are in Jesus Christ. When the devil throws stuff at is the devil throwing anything at y'all? Oh, well, good. It's just me then. And, uh, you know, I mean, you know, Jennifer and I celebrated our anniversary on the 7th. You know what? We were in El Paso with my son that was having a seizure that had been in a coma for nine hours. I mean, it happens. Man, I got in there and started preaching to him, laying hands on him. Start talking to him, man, he's, he's doing better. But you know how, how serious it was? When he was a little bitty, when I you hold him and feed him, he'd reach up and he'd grab my ear. And he'd play with my earlobe. And I was sitting there by the bed, and next thing I know, he's got a hold of my earlobe. And I'm just going, you know, it's pretty tough on this kid. He wakes up and he can't remember anything. I mean, it's battle. I keep telling my son, I said, this is more spiritual than it is physical. And he keeps listening. He goes, yeah, Dad, I know, I know. But, y'all know what but means? Beginning to undermine the truth. See, every time we start giving a but about whatever it is, we start undermining the truth and we can't receive the full truth. Because we have set in our mind that this is not the truth. When we start making excuses, we got to see. Romans 8, 28 he said, we know that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord to those who are called according to His purpose. Man, we, that's, we quote that scripture all the time. But you know what? We usually drop off according to His purpose. What is His purpose? Me to be the righteousness of God. Don't I look like the righteousness of God? How about this pose? Is that a good one? I mean, you, we got to look at ourselves and see ourselves as the righteousness of God. And if we don't see that, then we're going we're gonna to go through trials and stuff and go, what have I done wrong? God's punishing me. Oh, my God. You know, dealing with a lady down there not long ago. She had a bad day. You know what she did about her bad day? She went and got loaded again. Shoot up a bunch of meth, and here she is starting back over. This other one comes to the house, and, and uh, I, I just love this little lady. Y'all, some of y'all know her, uh, Nyla Metlock. Yay, Jesus! I mean, she's just crazy. <laughs> and she come over to the house one night, and, and she tells this testimony, so it's not anything that, uh, that she wouldn't mind. She come over to the house, she goes, oh, Royce, what's the matter? What's the matter? She goes, I've been fornicating and doing math. <laughs> and I'm just going, okay. <laughs> Thank you for that. <laughs> I said, let's, let's stop right here. She goes, what? I said, dry it up. <laughs> you know, quit your crying. Uh, let's talk. I said, uh, have you asked God to forgive you? She goes, yeah. So, so uh, what's the problem? She goes, what do you mean, what's the problem? I said, God's already forgotten that because you confessed it. And I know by your heart you ain't going back there no more. So, so what's the problem? I said, you are the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. And she's sitting there. She started getting a hold of this stuff. And I guarantee you now. You know what? We, we hand out the crosses at, uh, at the encounter of the cross. And you know what she did? She put one around her waist. She goes, I have been fornication free for you know, however long it's been. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, my mule. 
I mean, that's a testimony. I don't know about y'all, but you know, there's some people out there that couldn't go 15 or 20 minutes without a drink or 15, 20 minutes without sex. And she is standing there going, I'm fornication free. I'm good. I don't think she fears man in that anymore. You know where she's at right now? She's in Costa Rica down there at a crusade, giving her testimony and doing all this stuff, telling people there is a way out. And this way is my Jesus. He can stop anything in your life if you'll just let him. Man, I'm so proud of her. And the old devil throws something at her. She just looks at him going, oh, you, you're, you're crazy. I mean, that's who she is. She even quit calling me and telling me, I've got someone here that needs Jesus. <laughs> so lead him to the Lord. Leave me alone. Hang up. <laughs> Who are you? Well, I don't know what to say. Well, shut up. God will tell you what to say. Isn't that what we need to do? Sometimes we need to just shut up and pay attention to what God's doing in our life and what He wants to say, and all of a sudden the words are there. Is shut up too much for y'all? Okay. Whew. Let's see, look at there at 34. Well, let's go ahead and read the rest. That stuff's too good. Truly, he did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for his all. How shall he not with him also freely give us what? All things. What, what are you missing today? Well, get it. It's yours already. I use this illustration. Uh, I said, if I lined up checkbooks across the front right here, and there's, there's a million dollars in there, one, y'all come get a checkbook, and we'll, we'll do a report next week. Brenda comes in and says, Brenda, how'd it go? Oh, man, I got me a new car. got the house paid for. got some, we think he's clothes. I mean, you know, everybody's coming back and got these testimonies, and, 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 and here comes Marion in here. Marion, what you got there? I got my checkbook. He said, how do I use this? I said, do we, you don't know how to write a check? Nope. Now, was Marion a millionaire the whole week? He was, wasn't he? But just know how to fill out a check. And see, that's what we're doing with a great exchange. We're just learning how to fill out the checks. And when we start filling out those checks, we go, do you think I need to do a balance? Nah, I'll do it later. <laughs> we got plenty in there, right? And see, that's what God say. Why are you worrying about all that stuff? Just go with who you are. And we start going with who we are. We have all things on us. I mean, sometimes we need to, uh, you know, when I was down there at Merkel, uh, Curtis showed that Louis Giglio about the universe. We need to see that every once in a while, find out who we are and where we're at. And, and, and find out just how big a deal we are on this earth. And uh, when, he, when you see that, you go, yeah, we're not alone probably. <laughs> and if we're not alone, he's with us. We know there's Sasquatch and aliens anyway, so... Come on now. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I love that. It says, who is condemning? It is Christ who has died, but rather who is also raised, who is also at the right hand of God interceding. You ever felt like you're by yourself? Everybody does, sooner or later. You know, Angie was telling me, thought she's going to have to call me up here because Dorman and Jenna's moving. Now I was going to have to do some counseling session. Anybody else move? Isn't it the most wonderful experience you've ever had in your life? It's like starting a battle on more. Sooner or later, you may cuss. <laughs> Just hope nobody heard that, you know, so we can be religious. 
But you know, the devil's out there, but Jesus is sitting at the, he's sitting right there interceding for us. Come on, Royce, you can do it. It's okay. Oh, God, how do I walk in this exchange? He said, you can't. I'll carry you. Because, see, if I think i got something to do with it, I will still try to do something. Anybody else like that? Yeah, we want to help all the time. So who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, or persecution, or famine, nakedness, peril, or sword, or moving? As is written, for your sakes we are killed all the day long. We are counted as sheep to the slaughter, but we are more than conquerors through all this who loved us. You know, I found out a long time ago, you know what's not in that list is the past. You can live in the past, and you can suffer all these things. Because the past will tell you you can't do it. The past will say, oh, remember, you know, Royce used to be an old drug addict. You, you really can't do any of that. You used to do this. You used to do that. You know, and I, I, I stop every once in a while, and I really don't even remember that life that much. I remember some funny stuff. I mean, I had fun sinning. I don't know about y'all, but I had a lot of fun. And there's some really funny stuff that I did out there. Uh, but there's some really terrible stuff that happened too. But it doesn't matter anymore. Because all that stuff has been wiped clean. I'm more than a conqueror. Can you, I mean, isn't that something amazing to say? More than a conqueror? See, and the devil will lie to you and tell you anything and everything he wants to to keep you from fulfilling the destiny that Jesus Christ has laid out before you. Remember what it says there in Proverbs 23, 7? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. What are you thinking? You know, back up there at Romans eight thirty says, Whom he predestined. What does your predestined life look like? You know, I, I used to think that a long time ago. So here I was. I was born. Everything went good. And all of a sudden, uh, here's this little trail that I took over here. And, uh, and uh, started about 10, 11, 12 years old. Started drinking and partying and raising hell. And all of a sudden, I'm drug addict, alcoholic. I'm just going down the... And that was my predestined trail. And I went. So God set sin up for me. See, if I believe in total predestination there, that God set this sin up for me, and I was going, I don't think that's right. God set this path up just like this for me, and it's just right down here. Man, there's glory, there's everything on it. But you know what? I chose to make this little path over here. And, and, and I'm, even, I'm to the point, this may, you know, some of you theologians may just get all up in there, but I don't even think God knew that was going to happen until it happened. But He said, I'm going to take you out of it. Because if, if God knew it was going to happen, then God had planned sin for me. And I don't see how that could happen. So when I got off in that, God's going, okay, I can work with you now. I can still work with you if you'll do, do this. And the only thing we have to do is repent and we're right back in there. But we're more than conquerors. More. You know, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I will do, and greater works that he will do. I never, never even dreamed that I would see some of the stuff that I've seen. Yeah. I mean, you know, and, and growing up and doing all those things, you know, Jennifer, she's going, when growing up, she was a COC, and, and COC, she said, I was sitting there, and she, you know, see all this stuff in church there, and she says, I always wanted to go to Africa. Like, how many, six times we've been to Africa? 
I mean, God will fulfill that dream. What is your dream? What are the greater works that God has stored up in you today that the devil has stole from you? Because he has. He's stealing from you every day. Those things, those you thought those little passing visions that you had, oh, eh, that was just me. No, it wasn't. That was God showing you things are going to happen in your life. Ideals uh, uh, to make yourself wealthy, not so you can run around and tell everybody how rich and wonderful you are, is so you can further the kingdom of God. God don't mind us prospering. You know what's truly amazing to me? 30 years ago today, I sat out here in this parking lot and I asked Jesus to be Lord of my life. Never dreamed anything. Never dreamed of even being behind this pulpit. Never even thought about that. But I'm celebrating 30 years today with Jesus. Thank you all for being here for me when I needed you. We need to be there for those that need us. We need to have greater works following us everywhere we go. And if you're in that place and, and you say, man, I, I just hadn't seen it, mate, stir it up. God's got people everywhere you go that needs greater works. Grocery stores. Do treasure hunts. Do everyone. You don't have to have a whole bunch of people do a treasure hunt. Just go out there by yourself. Been in grocery stores and, you know, walking up to the checkout line, 10 or less items. You know, you need to be in a hurry. And look at the little cashier and say, how are you today? And she goes, I'm just not doing well. So can I pray for you? She goes, sure. She thought I was going home to pray for her. And everybody in the line's hoping I was too. So I reach over and I grab her hands, you know. And you can pray an express line prayer if you want to, but that's not what God's want here to do. And I tell you what, we went through the whole nine yards. I tell you what, that girl was crying. You know how it is? I said, oh, yeah, I'm an express line. And I looked and everybody in express line is standing just like this. They're in green for prayer. This girl is crying. God touched her. And when God touches someone, I tell you, we have fulfilled part of our destiny for that moment. We, we need to die to ourselves, die to those things, die to those fears that hold us back from doing whatever. What if it cost you your job? Who cares? You know, a time at the hospital, I had this, this little patient. He come in there and he was just beat up. Oh, he had a spirit of depression on him so bad. Worked with him there for a couple of days and just talked to him, you know. I finally just said, that's enough of this. I said, can we go to your room and talk? And he goes, sure. You know, I mean, this guy was just heavily medicated because of depression and stuff like that. Went back here. I said, going to be straight up with you, dude. You got a spirit of depression on you. What's that? I said, you know what spirits are? No. So, man, we went from A to Z. Man, we showed him the whole nine yards, how, how it works that those spirits could harass you and do that stuff. I said, do you know Jesus is your personal Savior? He goes, I sure don't. Not the one you're talking about. 
I said, would you like to? He goes, you bet. Man, this guy got saved. And I tell you what, that thing lifted off of him. And next thing you know, I'm sitting there and he's got a smile on his face and he's just going, whoo, he got off his meds, went home in three days. Only because it took him that long to get the paperwork figured out. And his little wife, she come in the next day after we've been praying. This guy's just, I mean, he's on fire for God. He's just happy. She goes, well, what kind of therapist are you? said, I'm a Bible-believing, devil-thumping man, tongue-talking man of God. She goes. So I'm going on about my business. <laughs> Royce, come to the administrator's office, stat. <laughs> okay. So I go in there, what's up? They said, uh, we, we need to talk to you about this. It's about what? She goes, what you told that patient? I said, now hold it a second. I said, I'm big on authority, and I, I'll do what you tell me to. But you and I sat down, and we talked about this before I come to work. I told you I was a tongue talker. I told you I'd be walking up and down these aisles, praying in tongues, laying hands on the sick, and casting out devils. I told you that's what I was going to be doing. And if you didn't want me to do that, don't hire me. So you're not coming in here now and telling me I can't do that stuff. Could you tone it down? No, I cannot tone it down. There's people out there that need Jesus, and if I have to tone it down, somebody's going to miss Jesus. Well, could you? No. If you don't like what I do, fire me. I don't care. This hospital is not my provider. God is my provider. Well, could you? No. So she said, well, what, what they found out I was doing, I'd get there, uh, I had patients that I got up and around about 7 o'clock in the morning, and after I got them ready for breakfast and everything, I'd go down there, and I had sticky notes, and I'd start prophesying over people, like for Bill. I'd write a scripture and a word, and I'd stick it over here, and so I had about 25 or 30 little stickers I'd walk around with all over the hospital. He said, you know, Bill and radiology here, God told me to give this to him. So he said, you cannot use company time to do that. I was going, all right, I agree with that. I won't use company time. And, I, and that's the only thing I agreed to. But I went in and told them anyway when I was in there working with them. You know, I'd go prophesy over them when it come time. And they, they were pretty good at that, I think. They still didn't like it until one day. I heard this over the radio, over the intercom. Royce, come to the cafeteria, stat. I still don't know what stat means, what it sounds, but it means you've got to go now. Yeah, and uh, I don't, you know, I don't know what the acronym is, but uh, I go up there, and all these people are standing outside of the cafeteria like this. What's on? Said so, there's a problem in there. Walking in this little corner, girl in the corner, going, rah, rah. <laughs> she was so demon possessed. She was growling. She had the whole staff outside the, you know, thing. And I'm just looking. I was going, cool. <laughs> I'll be back. So I went right on in there, you know. The next thing I'm cast that thing out of that little girl. And she and I are sitting there in the corner talking, having a great day. And then they all start coming back in. They didn't say anything to me ever again about what I could or could not do. <laughs> and, and that's the way it should be. They need to know we're out there. They need to know that if they got something going on, they can call you and you will come running because what you bring is more than what they have and they want what you have. Have you seen anything like this before? Have you seen it lately? Turn some rocks over. Tear up your life. Quit doing something that's not 
from God and start doing stuff that is from God. Because I tell you what, everywhere I want to go, I want someone to say, I have never seen anything like this before. Isn't that what we're supposed to do? Stir something up. Someone, they, they ask me all the time, so are you here stirring up trouble? So of course I am. Because every time trouble's mentioned in the Bible, guess what? God shows up. I mean, if we're going to stir something up, we might as well stir something up that God can fix. You know, I, I just want to encourage you today. Get out of your comfort zone. Burn your bridges. Abandon your escape plan. Don't go back to those things that, that, oh, I'd like to do that, but you know, what if? Quit the what ifs. We used to go over Ute, jump off those cliffs. You know? They had to be 6,000 foot tall. And you get about, you know, six pack or two in, you got a buzz. It gets taller. And you're standing there like this, and, you know, well, I'll just get one more drink. You do this, and some guy pushes you off from behind. That's me. I will push you off the cliff if I get a chance. Why? Because that's what God's called me to do, to take people out of their comfort zone, to stretch them farther than they've ever been stretched before, doing things that you would go. When you get home, you go, did I do that? I'm not my own. You know, I love the night of prophets, and I was sitting over there, and Bob says, Royce, come on, I want to stretch you a little bit. And I'm going, whoo, here we go. You know, when someone says we're going to stretch and go in a different direction, it's time for us to stand up. We need to go in. I'm going to find out something brand new today. You know, it just dropped in my spirit. Uh, Romans. Where it says, I desire to lay hands on you and impart into you gifting that you may be established. And I want to ask you this morning, if you're here this morning and you just want a touch from God, why don't you just join me up here? I mean, we got men and women of God all over this place. And, I, you know, I mean, I can lay hands on that's good. But I tell you what, if, you're, if you need a touch from God, you get on up here and you're sitting out here in the crowd and you go, hey, I'm supposed to be praying for them. Don't be sitting there. The body of Christ works together. If you get focused in on one man or one person, you're missing it. Because if you do, you'll think, oh, he'll do it. Ken will, Ken will do it. He'll do all right. But, you know, what if God didn't call Ken to even get up out of his chair? That's how sensitive we need to be. But if you're here this morning and you want to see something like this or want to go home and say, I ain't never seen nothing like that. You want to see it everywhere you go. I want you, I want to encourage you, get on up and come on down here. Because God's got something for you today. He's got something that I don't know what it's going to do. I don't really care, you know. That's what amazes me. I mean, I care, I love it, but it's one of those things that God's going to treat each one of us individually. So, come on.